When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Reveille, reveille, donks. Look at us now, tip to tip. This is our life. This is our passion. That's the spirit we bring to this show. I'm Luke Thomas. I'm Brian Campbell. This is Morning Combat. Oh, yeah. Can you smell that? Get a little artsy in here. It must be Friday and it must be Morning Combat. Come on in. The, the, the water's fine around here. Friday, August 12th. Let me get your date right. 2022. Ready to set the weekend right with the best award-winning combat sports show maybe ever created. I'm BC Brian Campbell, that American Alpha, that BBC with the BDE. But I ain't royalty despite my fantastic King Mo shirt right here, okay? I got a guy next to me who literally is standing in the Hall of Fame. The former UFC light heavyweight champion sliding in for Luke Thomas this week, Rashad Evans, Sugar, my man. I don't say this lightly. Always a pleasure, sir. What's up, BC? What is up? Hey, great intro, but I was missing the uh, the, the ayahuasca of Tower of Power. <laughs> You're right. I dropped. It was planned. I dropped the ball right there. Forgetting the date in real time screwed me up, but. Uh, Luke Thomas on vacation. We wish him well. He needed Rashad. You saw it. the 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 dark circles underneath, inside, and behind that man's eyes. That <laughs> dark soul just yearning for love and and acceptance. He needed to take a step away. Right. Let's be absolutely. Fair. <laughs> All right. Him him and the family will enjoy a good one. Uh, Rashad, you you filled in for me on vacation. We love getting a chance to hang out with you. Uh, how the heck's life lately, man? You know, you you're always in shape. Always, always in shape. Life is. Uh, life is great, BC. You know, just uh, still in the gym training. Uh, you know, I've been working on my godson, Devin Smith. He's trying to, you know, get it back going again. And, uh, you know, he's getting his weight down to 155. So he's been doing pretty good. Uh, but overall, I've been doing really good. I've uh, been just, you know, doing my thing. Just uh, yeah. working a few different avenues. I got this uh, functional mushroom company, Umbo Bar, Ooh. that I've been working on. So it's been going pretty good, BC. All right, if we could get our our fantastic merch maven, RJ Dunkelfucker, to get you a long-awaited MK care package, will you, you know, give back the same on the shroom level here? I don't know if this is legal, Rashad, but we may be No, interested. no, no, listen, listen, it's legal, it's legal. It's, uh, it's, it's functional mushroom, so that's like lion's mane, uh, cordyceps, and reishi turkey okay. tail, like stuff good for your neurological health. Okay, so I won't be looking into 1970s wallpaper and seeing goblins chase me like I once did in 2001, right? right you know? <laughs> no, no, nothing psychedelic, nothing psychedelic, not just yet. All right, all right, hopefully we can get that deal done as well. Uh, Rashad, we got a big weekend of fights from UFC to PFL, Bellator, boxing, a lot to get into. We're going to have a fun time. Uh, we're also going to debut a new segment today. You ready for this, Rashad? Because you're going under the, the hot lights, okay? <laughs> it's called Yes, No. 
or GTFO. So uh, it's going to be very (laughs) provocative up in here. But you can see my fantastic mug. Once we get Rashad outfitted, you'll see him around South Florida wearing our merch. Morningcombat.store. Check it out right now. I mean, you're going to love the way you look in our bullshit I guarantee it. And it fits great, too. Great quality right there, all right? So shout out to King Mo. I wish we had that shirt on our site. Rashad, you got any good King Mo stories before we get going here? I love that guy. Oh, man. Me and Mo had some of the funniest stories, man. Mo's uh, <laughs> Mo, Mo's always a trip, man. Mo, Mo's a kind of funny guy. He's like, hey, hey, man, hey, 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 Shaw, look, 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 man, look, look. <laughs> Mo. <laughs> all right. Is that better than your, your Rashad's mom impersonation? No. And you've got a couple other gems, but if you keep working on that one, you're, you'll you'll be right there as well. I, I know you will. Uh, Rashad, we are also up once again. World MMA Awards nominating this show, Morning Combat, for Best MMA Programming. We won that last year, but Rashad, the field even tougher now when we're talking about Joe Rogan, Ariel Hawani's MMA Hour, uh, multiple UFC broadcasts there. So, fans, if you want us to win, if you want us to d- keep doing Fun, weird, live stuff where Luke drinks too much and alienates his relationship with his co-workers. You can vote for us right now by clicking on this QR code below us or going to worldmmaawards.com slash nominees. Tell the world what MK has done for you. All right, with that bullshit aside, uh, I do love Athletic Greens. I will not be selling it today. But Rashad, you ever get down on this? You know, the one scoop of the green? It's not bad. It's great. Well, I like I like some greens. I'm more of like a spirulina kind, kind of guy, but uh, I, I love the okay. greens, though. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. You're you're more of like a uh, a uh, cannabis green, if you will, <laughs> <laughs> or if you already did. Well, you know, well, it's up to you to decide. But Rashad, let's get our fantastic show kicked off, rip roaring, ready to go, and we'll start in topic one: San Diego, not the whale's vagina, but the site for UFC Fight Night this weekend. And yes, they've been a little thin, these cards of late, and, you know, us spoiled rotten kids here have been complaining. But we're spoiled in getting this main event, a true Bantamweight banger with future ranking and title contentions in order, and also just a matchup that seems to be heating up a bit more in the last few days. Marlon Cheeto Vera, as violent and red hot as ever, will enter as a minus 230 favorite, according to our friends at Caesars, against the former champion, the unshakable, unbreakable, the dominator, dominant Cruz. Rashad, Cruz will be a plus 195 underdog, but you see how close those odds are. You know what's at stake, and our viewers do too. We went over that in detail on Wednesday. But when you look at this matchup, what do you love about it? Well, I mean, I love the bad blood. I mean, I love when fighters fight each other who just do not like each other. But, I mean, this is a multi-level level not liking each other. You know, Dom uh, has just had some training and didn't like uh, some of the people that uh, Cheeto Vera works with now currently. So uh, there's been some blood, bad blood being brewed for a while. But, I mean, looking at the X's and O's of this fight, I mean, you have Cheeto Vera, who is just so very tough inside with his Muay Thai, also with his transitional wrestling. He's got some surprising transitional wrestle, wrestling working with Daryl Christensen. So it's going to be even tough on the inside, but he's got a lot of snap in those straight punches you know, one thing I think that Dominic Cruz can take advantage of is getting off at angles and punching around the guard of Cheeto Vera. Sometimes he keeps it high. Sometimes he blinds himself. So it kind of serves himself well to a Dominic Cruz who can get off to an angle. But it's going to be very tough with a Cheeto Vera, who I think is just going to try to 
walk him down, just taking up the space of Dominic Cruz. So it's, it's a tough one because I know both of these guys. I work with both of these guys. And it's like, who do you say when? It's like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I was like, you should just tell the fans it's going to be a draw and enjoy it. All right. You know, you want to make mean, anybody upset because, you know, Dom. He'll he'll put that thing right here, and his next training camp will be a built <laughs> built around proving you wrong. And by the way, that's why we love him. Oh, uh, we talked quickly about some of that bad blood, and I liked you introducing that they had you know sparred or, or, or seen each other in the past, and this has been brewing for a while. But Rashad, UFC just putting out on YouTube that face-off show that they're calling it, where the two fighters had a chance to sit, kind of talk trash with one another, set the stage, and it didn't surprise me when Cheeto Vera went all like. No disrespect, Dom, but I'm willing to die in there. I'm willing to protect my family. I'm willing to, you know, come in and do what it needs to be taken. It surprised me, Rashad, when, I don't know if you saw this, Dom looked right back at him and was like, well, just if we're going to talk about this, I'm willing to die too. Saturday seems like a good day for dying. Like, I just got all kinds of like, hell yeah, brother. Uh, He's not known for that fighting style, Rashad. Is this all a... A good thing to be doing right now, looking across at such a violent man in Vera. You know what, BC? I'm glad to hear that. I love to hear that because when you're going against a dog who's willing to go there, you got to be able to bring the savagery out. The worst thing that a fighter can do is become too civilized. And it's good to hear that Dominic Cruz, with all the success, with the analytical work and just having that job, still has that, that pulse on a savage nature. You got to get in there and savage. When, you, when you're going against these up-and-coming guys who just has that, that, that mindset where they're willing to go in there and lay it all out there, if you're not matching that on some level, you already beat before the fight even starts. I, I agree with that. And, and I, you know... This makes me love Dom more. Like, here's the thing about Dom. We all love and respect him. Great analyst. Maybe the greatest bantamweight of all time. His journey of overcoming. I mean, you know, they write books about it. They make movies about stuff like that. But, like, Rashad, he has a style that shouldn't be aging this well. And, like you said, for as buttoned up and sort of poised as he is, he knows how to just get caught on things that stir his crow, that get him angry, and whether he does that because that's the way he's wired or whether he's smart enough to realize that he constantly needs something to make him angry to motivate him to get to that next level. I mean, you know, I love this sort of surly side of him that, that's come out a lot lately, you know? I mean, you know, the whole DC thing. I mean, the whole anything. Like, he'll just call, tell it as it is. But Rashad, back to my statement there on his style, it's like, I can't say this enough. At this age, I, I didn't expect him to still be here. And, and that's almost separate from the injuries. It's just that this is a style built upon speed, reactions. The, the, the fighters that he's fighting are only getting better in this era. And yet here he still is pulling this off. This two-fight win streak that he's on right now, it's no joke. He had to go in there and earn it against hungry guys that were ready for the coming. It is a true testament to his ability to the footwork that he has. I mean, listen... When you get older as a fighter, you can tell how old the fighter's getting with just how his feet move, how he, when he gets hit, what his feet do, how they move afterwards. And Dominic still has great feet. Being able to move the way that he does and being able to get hit, take punishment, but still be able to keep his feet under him, despite having those two knee surgeries that pretty much could have ended his career, he still has that movement in his feet. But I mean, at some point, when you see a fighter, a fighter who relies on those those movements and those abilities of a young fighter having those fast reflex, it seems sometimes to get old overnight. And one shot could be like, oh man, he looks old overnight. Is this fight for this is the fight for Dominic Dominic Cruz? 
it's going to be interesting to see. But I mean, with the mindset aspect of it, you can already see that Don Dominic Cruz have has used that to kind of train himself in a mindset that he probably hasn't in a long time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if this is what it's going to take for him to get by this, we've talked at ad nauseum. When you have a name like that, you don't need too many wins, even in maybe the deepest, best division we've seen in a long time, to get back to the title picture. And, uh, you know, no one's saying either of these guys fights for a title with a win here. It's still farther away. But, man, so much at stake. And, you know, when you're a name, man, you can you can end up back in something pretty big. And this would be a monster win on this sort of twilight for Dom Cruz with the two in a row. But, Rashad, you look at Marlon Chito Vera, three-fight win streak, but I think you can even extend further to see this, what has been this evolution into basically the elite level. It's like, yeah, he's got the loss to Jose Aldo, and that was legit, and he's learned from that and bounced back. But the fight before that, he stopped Sean O'Malley, and the fight before that, Song Yudong, man, that fight could have gone either way. More people, I remember, thinking Vera had won than Dong. So you, you know... The, the story of how this guy got here and the road he's been on. But have you seen the same thing in Cheeto that, that Luke and I were harping on? Like, we already know he's violent and he's willing to do all this stuff. Like, that's who he is. Look at his tattoos. You know, listen to his interviews. But, dude, that confidence right now is, like, next level. It's almost Masvidalian 2019, if you get where I'm coming from. Like, he's looking like he's ready to baptize some fools, Rashad. <laughs> no, I, I totally agree. But I think that's due to the fact that you know, he knows how to organize that toolbox a lot better. He knows how he's, the, where he's strong at. He knows how to just throw together a fight game plan. And he knows how to improvise in a fight when things are not going his way. So, you know, the confidence that he has in his fight IQ shows in the fight. And you can just see him settling into just a more confident persona because he knows how to get to the fight that he needs in order to win the fight. So it's good to see that transfer over. I, I love the work that he's been doing with Daryl Christian. And Daryl Christian is the same guy who works with TJ Dillashaw. And he really has the best when it comes to transitional striking to grappling. It's very effective. And it gives guys a feeling where they're never out of position because they always can find the goal out of any position. And that's what Daryl Christian teaches. Yeah, you can see the difference in his in Vera's game at the moment. Speaking of Vera, and speaking of our fine extended team, shout out to CBS Sports is Shaq Majori, the Persian prince himself. Uh, Rashad, he caught up with Marlon Cheeto Vera on his Shaq MMA YouTube channel, and we've got a couple uh, looks here. One of them is on this what we keep harping on the fact that him and Tom Cruise don't seem to love each other entering this fight. Let's see it from Marlon's point of view. I don't feel ignored. I have an entire country in my back. And people in the U.S. fuck with me. They like me. They, they, I'm happy with, with where I am, you know. He's probably trying to get me a little upset, but who fucking knows? What he thinks and what I think is going to be the opposite. We both think we're going to win, so. Like, if I start putting energy, like, oh, like, this is what I think, God. Uh, what you say is not, um, that's why I, I put it simple. Fuck you, Cruz. I'm going to kick your ass. You're not my friend. And I hope I fuck you up. Of course I hope I fuck you up. I'm not hoping you win. So, yeah. <laughs> it, it really, like, and even if no one gives a fuck about me, it doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? Like, who fucking cares? Which I know that's not the case. 
Yeah, it's simple, Rashad. Fuck you. I don't like you. Okay, hey, <laughs> that's it. Man. That, hey, I, I love I love that cold blooded mindset. But that's listen. That's what you're up against if you're dominant crude. You know what I'm saying? You're up against somebody who thinks like that. Who just like fuck it. I don't care. It no matter. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, no question about it. Uh, it. Look, you got to shout out Cheeto for his look right there. Looks like he could be like a villain in like you know a movie or or, or a bad guy in Training Day or something. I don't know. I mean, it looks fantastic. We all know though. The talk is real because he's lived it. He had an interesting conversation with Shaq about what MMA did to pull him away from a life that, you know, could be looking a lot different had he not gotten into this sport. Let's listen to that. I was bringing a lot of problems to the house. I was, like, fight, going to jail, like, breaking things. Like, I wasn't the type of kid that would, you know, steal or do kind of, like, dumb shit like that. But, you know, if you give me a graffiti, I would probably draw a dick in somebody's house. I didn't have that example at home. Like my brother and sister, they went to college, they, they had a job, like, they were normal people. I was, something was just fucking screwed with me. Maybe that's why I'm a professional fighter. But I was just, fuck, if I have a rock in my hand, I was like, huh, let's throw it to the window. Let's see what happened. So <laughs> they were like, ah, this kid is just a trouble. We don't want this kid to learn how to fight. That would be bad. But actually, that was a solution to my problems. Like yeah. when I started f training and fighting, everything went away. Alcohol went away, and cigarettes went away, and many opportunities to do drugs went away. That probably saved me from a lot of bad decisions. Love him, love him, Rashad. I mean, hey, that's but just. I, I... I love what he's saying, though, though, because because it's real, though. You know, there used to be a shirt back in the day that says, uh, you know, um, fighting solved everything, you know, because it, fighting solved nothing. We grew up, you know, hearing that. But there's a T-shirt back in the day that said fighting solved everything. And it has done that for a lot of people. But I mean, to hear the way Cheeto Bear breaks it down, it's hilarious, man. I love it. I mean, you know, he's he's MK approved if he's going to uh, draw a giant dick on the wall. If that's his first instinct. That's all I'm saying right there. Uh, finally, on this trio of sound, shout out again to my French-Canadian-born BC, not this BC, British Columbia living friend there, Shaq Majori. Uh, Rashad, this fight was supposed to be, according to Cheeto, Marlon Vera versus Peter Yan, and he's not that happy at the former champ's uh, decision-making here, I think. Let's see what he had to say about this. Jan declined to fight me on August 13th because he was needing more time to get ready. I was like, I don't, I'm not the type of guy that I don't wait for a fucking man. Like, you know, I can wait for my lady. I can wait for my kids. I'm not waiting for another man. I'm like, they call us. Like, he literally called me out that Wednesday morning saying like, oh, I'm going to kick your ass, blah, blah, blah. Sure, cool. That day, UFC called me and called him. August 13, you guys want to fight in Boston. He declined the fight. He said, I don't have time. I want to do it in October. I say, fuck you. You lose your opportunity. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to go now. October, I want to maybe fight another time. I'm like, I want to. I want to be active. I want to be a world champion. So, I say fuck you. You're probably fat, out of shape. That's not my problem. Like, that's really not my problem. Uh, running shoes are pretty cheap. Go <laughs> fuck yourself. I could do this all day, Rashad. This guy's great. But 
let's let's break down that decision. Like, I get his stance of like, you know, oh, you're not ready to fight. I'm not waiting on you. I'm gonna go out there and make my own business. But let's think about it in this term. In these terms, he's fighting Dom Cruz. Big fight. In some ways, the biggest of of Vera's career. But now Sugar Sean O'Malley's fighting Piotr Jan. And O'Malley's telling the media that he's under the impression he gets a title shot here with a win. Last time I checked, Marlon Vera stopped Sean O'Malley. So is it like, do you look back and kind of, I mean, you know, Marlon wouldn't have known that was going to happen next. But is this the right move for all? Like, is that okay if O'Malley gets the cut in line because of his star value with a giant win over Piotr in your eyes? No, that wouldn't be okay. I mean, look, I, I I I love the Sugar Show. I love how entertaining he is, and he's a fighter who gets it. I love that about him. But when it comes to certain things about his fighting persona, it just kind of rubs me the wrong way. And he does it on purpose, but I just can't stand the fact that, you know, he, he lost the Cheeto Vera, straight up lost to him. For whatever reason, he says he lost to him. But the fact that he doesn't even acknowledge it, the fact that he's like, oh, man, you know, I haven't, lose, I haven't lost to him. That's kind of bothersome. And at the same time, it's like if he thinks that way and he truly has approached his his training approach based off that mindset, has he made the improvements, mentally speaking, you know, to to, to gain, to get the fruit, to to get the, the, the silver lining out of that loss? You know, because every loss has a price, but it's willing is what you're willing to pull out of that loss that really makes that loss worth it. And did he pull out what he needed to pull out in that loss against Cheeto? You know, and it's like. If he if he does if he gets a jump Cheeto even despite that ah uh, that will bother the hell out of me yeah uh, a lot of talk about pulling out but I I heard everything you said for <laughs> sure that was shot um you know the the thing though for Vera if he beats Dom he's that much closer and if O'Malley wins the damn title Vera probably gets the first title shot because of that built-in backstory but I don't I wouldn't think it's fair either but at the same time dude. I like that you said that. I, Luke and I said, I don't get Sugar Sean O'Malley. I have now, at 44, I was officially too old to get him, Rashad. But I know the others, they love him. So, you know, he's doing something right where all the commercial side of it is justified. I mean, he is a rising freaking star. So that's typically how business is done in these parts. All right, but the job at hand here is Vera versus Dom Cruz. So, Rashad, when I look at this matchup, I get the betting odds. I get that Dom Cruz, of course, has a, has a shot here. I mean, this you know he's on a great run, but Rashad, like, he's gonna have to be, as he said, violent and offensive to match Vera in certain avenues to come over the top and win this fight. He's not known for that firepower. He's known for that willingness when needed. He's known to take. He'll take big punishment if he has to. He never made a freaking excuse about that Cody Garbrandt fight. And I look back and I know he was injured in that one. But Rashad, does he have the game to back up that spirit and saying, yeah, you know, Saturday is a great day to die, all that stuff. Does he actually have the game to do that on Saturday? He can if he chooses his spots to fight. And by that, I mean, if he doesn't try to go toe to toe and try to go strength for strength with Vera, then he should do well. And if he can fight in spots as in like he gets off to an angle, he lands a shot and then he goes to a clinch and he kind of frustrates Vera in a sequence of events much like that where he's punching to get to clinch position just really to kind of gunk up the position but more importantly make it so that vera can't get any anything clean off oh after a couple rounds of that that will definitely frustrate vera and then uh cruz can then, then move out to the outside and then pick him apart but i feel like if he goes in there and he tries to go toe to toe and try to go strength for strength 
he's going to get found with something straight down the middle and something hard from uh, from Vera. Yeah, he's going to get sent into broadcasting full-time. There's no question. So it's got to be a mixture. It's got to be a hybrid. Now, when it comes to this footwork style, which, you know, naturally he slowed down a bit, but I still look at that Casey Kenny win, and I'm like, hell yeah, Dom. Uh, is Vera someone that could be suspect to that style? You know, does he does he sit down too much on his shots? Is he too plotting? Or or, or do you not see, uh, you know, Vera having a problem with that Dom Cruz figure-eight footwork setup he's got? I don't think he's going to have a problem with it. And just because of the way you've seen him address his leg kicks when he's fought Sugar Sean O'Malley, you know, he goes to the leg kicks and he's somebody who can systematically use this long reach to effectively start taking somebody out at a far distance. So I think that Don Cruz has to use a combination of darting, looking like he's darting in, but also on the lateral side is going to be very beneficial for him. But I mean, if, if Vera gets to the point where he gets too plotty in there and not kind of freeze um, Dominic Cruz at all with his hands, then Dominic Cruz is going to be able to skate all around him. Is there any opening avenue or potential here for Dom Cruz to surprise us a bit and, and rely on offensive wrestling? You know what? I feel like that would be a great thing for him to do, but even if, like, not even landing a takedown, like, I feel like sometimes we, we harp on the fact that they have to land a takedown. Even if he just has a wrestling pressure as if, like, after he throws a punch, his next position is in a grappling position or he's making Vera think he's going to a grappling position and then he returns back up to strikes. That kind of medicine, that kind of mixing up could do some something good for Dominic Cruz. Even if he's able to clinch him against the prior against a wall, you know, that six feet and kind of turn it into a wall and brawl type thing. I think that kind of takedown will serve him better versus trying to shoot underneath and score like a real takedown. Yeah, I can, I can see that. I can get that. You know, as I look at this and, and try to build that path for Dom, you know, it's possible, it's there, but it comes down to me, is it likely? You know, it's hard to, it, it, you know, in general, statistically, it's hard to lean on the elder statesman when you have one of these crossroads-ish type matchups, which is, this is kind of that, although Vera's been around for a while. Um, you know, and Vera's the rising stock with a little bit more thunder behind him, maybe a little bit more ways to win this fight, you could argue. I can't get Dom over that hill, Rashad. Can you? What am I missing? Because if he pulls this off, it's certainly because of his title wins not going to be in that category. But in terms of feel good, right? Like Jose Aldo stopping Jeremy Stevens, like it'll feel damn, damn good. Can he get over that mountain, Rashad? Can he pull this upset? Well, there's one other factor that you did not mention that I feel can definitely play in the favor of Dominic Cruz, and that's baiting uh, Vera on the ego game. Getting them to fight a fight. Because when you fight a fight versus just having a technical approach, you find yourself fighting emotionally as in the fact that Dominic Cruz hits him in the face and instead of taking a calculated shot back, he then uh, just throws a punch out of emotion, thus leaving himself open to whatever Dominic Cruz could have set him up with. So if Dominic can get in the fight on an emotional level, his chances of winning this fight or pulling an upset or pulling Vera out of his game, it increases pretty much. But if Don of but if Vera just stays methodical, stays patient, I don't see why he he doesn't get Dom up out of there, you know, because he's just such a a big fight, big fighter. And I feel like him having the confidence in his game and really understanding his fighting style now is a huge problem for Dominic Cruz. That's an interesting way of how you sort of put that together, Rashad. Something I didn't think of, 
you know, Dom could be a dirty dog if he needs to. And I don't mean dirty cheating. I mean just like I'll do anything to win. I don't look at somebody like Marlon Vera under any category as saying, you know, mentally weak or not strong. But is he too strong mentally? Can he be lured into one of these emotional type situations that you just described? That's interesting. That would that would probably have to be part of it as well for Dom to put this together. But uh, I love this fight. It's a five-rounder, so it could be fun. It could be a nice contrast in styles for a good amount of it, but it could be fun in those championship rounds. Um, yeah, yeah. That We're ready for a good one here, Rashad. Where does the winner go in your eyes? Is it too early to tell based on who wins the other matchups? I feel like it's too early to tell, but I mean, with, with an impressive win, you know, uh, I, I think Cheetah moves right in position, you know, to be talked about as a title contender. I mean, like, you know, with both of these popular names and the fact that Donna, uh, Dominic Cruz, you know, could be in his last last hurrah, you want to definitely get him a shot or the winner of the shot, uh, a chance to, you know, fight for the title because these guys got big names and they're both, you know, if they can get past each other, it, it says a lot about where they can do in the division. Yeah, no doubt. This there's high stakes here, San Diego. Uh Rashad, I've I've only been to San Diego for like four hours once. But you know they say uh if you visit there once you'll want you'll spend the rest of your life wondering why you haven't moved there. Would do you have you found <laughs> that to be true in your travels? No, I, I haven't. I love I, I like San Diego, but it's just not it's not my cup of tea, no. Man, you are standing firm by South Florida right now, Rashad. <laughs> I mean, South Florida is a spot. I mean, it, it's hot, it's muggy, but, you okay. know, it, it's, it's all right. All right. Uh, are you a big Ron DeSantis guy? We're not supposed to go deep into politics here, but, you know, some people say, you know, 2024, Rashad, all right? I know it's your guy, right? I mean, I, I love DeSantis. He, he's good for our state. All right, all right. It's the it's the last outlaw refuge. Used to be Alaska. Now it is Florida. Uh, Rashad, on the San Diego card, I could hit you with the BC Super Sloppy Special Guarantee and tell you Neat the Train Landwear is going to be worth watching against David Onama and probably Sloppy and Wild. You know, you know, Rashad, that I got feelings in this Cynthia Calvillo-Nina Nunes fight. Both need a win, both in a rough spot. And by the way, Nina did tell the media she did not follow Amanda to the new gym. She's going to stay at ATT until she retires. So shout out for there. Uh, any of these fights, Rashad, up and down at all, have your care level here. Because this is not a great card. I'm not here to besmirch it, though. Enjoy yourselves. Buckle up. Watch what you're going to watch for. What the hell are you going to watch for, Rashad? I, I got interested in the land where I'm at, the, the fight. You know, I feel like... Uh... I, I I really like this land where dude. I mean, I, I love. First of all, I love the way he talked. <laughs> Whenever he talked, I'm just like, does he really sound like that? But uh, his whole approach to fighting is, is one that just kind of it, it excites me as, as well too. But Onama, you know, he, he's got that that Crouch training, you know, and I'm really big believer in guys training with James Crouch. I mean, you, you see these guys fight differently. It reminds me of the old Jackson's team, you know, it, like you see. A group of guys who fight at another level and they believe in the training that they have and all they have to do is look over and see their coach and the coach can, can you know can just convey a whole message with just a look and a feel and those guys over there at James Krause Jim Glory is just they're on another level so this fight is going to be absolutely fireworks 
You know, that's what Mike Perry used to say about Coach Latore. He just needed to see that smile, and, you know, and, and he would be okay. And, you know, I respect that. So, you know, stand by my woman now. I, I know that song. Uh, Rashad, also, uh, I mean, Devin Clark's back. We got uh, Gerald Mearshart against Bruno Silva. Angela Hill's back uh, against Lupe Godinia. So a few fights to, to keep your interest oh, yeah. and watch out for. So Yeah, that's uh, going to be a good fight. That's going to be a good fight. Topic number two. Goes down tonight on Showtime, the only place you can buy it. In fact, I mean, why wouldn't you try it for free for 30 days right now at Showtime.com? It's just me talking here, BC, okay? Pound the sand if you don't like it. I guarantee you will. Rashad, it's Bellator 284 going down. And it's going down with a welterweight main event this evening as minus 160 favorite Neiman Gracie looks to bounce back from a string of alternating wins and losses at the elite level. When taking on a rising, not only in weight, but also momentum here, Goichi Yamauchi, a plus 160 underdog as things stand now on the Caesars book. 9 p.m. Eastern is your main card this evening on Showtime. Rashad, you look at Neiman Gracie. I mean, he's a threat to this division and title, but he has been for a while. His striking's coming around, but have we seen the best of him already? Is there still time for another chapter in this guy's run? You know, I, I um, I'm I'm kind of a fan of Neiman. I feel as if like he's gotten so much better and gotten so much better in the areas that I thought that he would not be getting better in. With him, uh, with that, I mean, his striking. You know, I felt when I first seen him striking, I was like, I don't know if he's going to be able to put it together to be even uh, a place to put his jujitsu in where it, it, it can be opposed to anybody. But he has pulled it together pretty well. He looks to be getting a lot more comfortable on his feet, and, and that's what he really needs: being able to get comfortable on his feet and understand the fact that if he gets comfortable on his feet, being so good on the ground, it offers him a chance to take more chances on his feet. It offers him more chance to be more dangerous on the feet because he's not he can be not afraid to load up on big, powerful shots because if it goes to the ground, that's cool. So it puts his, his opponents in a weird situation where they're damned if they do and damned if they don't. But he's got, I mean, but Yamaguchi on the other end is... Nasty on his feet, like Mayota Machida. Mayota Machida used to be, and that in and out karate style. Yeah. Plus, he has that jujitsu. It's it's gonna be a tall order for uh for Neiman. Yeah, Yamauchi uh, moving up in weight, trying to make a run in this welterweight division. This is a huge opportunity in terms of name value. Yamauchi is five and one since going the distance in a loss to Michael Chandler. Um. Lost to Dan Moret, but but he's put together some nice wins here. This is certainly a big opportunity. Back to Gracie, though, quickly. It, it's like, it's not that he's not willing to strike. Like, he basically bit down on the mouth guard against Logan Storley and was like, I'm going to live or die with this style, this moment right here. And it's like, I don't always know if that's the best move, though, Rashad. Certainly that well-rounded striking game has to be there to always leave open the threat of the, of the takedown. Or if somebody shuts you down, you got to be able to handle it. But I don't know if his striking can ever get there is really what I'm saying. And I don't want to see him live or die on the feet. You know what I'm saying? I want to yeah, see him I, I, going out trying to trying to hook that leg. No, I understand that. And, that, and that's the thing about it. Like, when I, when I see a guy like that, I'm like, you know, like I, I wish that the coach would teach him just like I always understood if I, under, if I threw one punch, like if I threw an overhand right, it puts me in position to always fall into a takedown or left hook. It always puts me in a position to then put my head to the outside and then be in position to get a takedown. So I feel like does he has those does he have those combinations where he feels comfortable throwing a punch, but then from that punch 
understanding his transitional takedown is going to be right there. And sometimes you look at him throw punches and you're like, I don't know if he has that or understands that. Yeah, interesting. But Gracie's got a big chance to get right back in the mix here if he can make this happen. In the co-main event, uh, this is interesting. Valentin Moldowski, the former interim heavyweight uh, title holder there from Team Fedor, looking to bounce back from that loss to Ryan Bader when he and welcomes Big Steve Mowry, unbeaten, has really looked good. Rashad, do you have history with Big Steve at uh, Hard Knocks? Absolutely. Big Steve was my training partner for a, uh, for a long time. You know, uh, he he's... Uh, Huge, huge guy, of course, the tall Steve, but he's he's gotten more comfortable with with just being comfortable in the striking. You know, back in the day, that was one of his biggest holes, the fact that he would kind of just be afraid to almost get hit. But training alongside Tyrone Spong and Big Baby, uh, Big Baby Miller, the boxer, he's gotten more comfortable with taking shots, but more importantly, how to give those shots and the timing and range and how to fight as a tall fighter. So it's going to be exciting to see if he can bring those tools into this fight because he's very good on the ground. So if he can have the skill set, being comfortable with the striking to then complement his groundwork, he's going to have a good fight. I mean, this is a big step up in class, Moldovsky. This is, you know, the subtitle level, but right there. I mean, we just saw Moldovsky, you know, go on that run, win that interim strap. We know how tough he is. If Moldovsky makes this a wrestling-only fight, can Big Steve hang on this level? Yeah, he can if he makes it. And, and if he does make it a wrestling-only fight, that would play in the huge flavor of Steve Mari, who, who, is, who is surprisingly strong and with that long leverage puts that strength in a different, different way, you know, because when you have a guy who's strong but then they're long with it, it's a different kind of way of exhibiting that strength. So I think if... If he needs to, you know, gum things up, then grappling would be the way to do. But, I mean, Moldowski has to be able to be on the outside and really try to take advantage of, you know, the inexperience, but just that not believing in himself sometimes. Because even though Steve Mari has gotten better with the striking, there's still that, like, that not 100% belief that his striking is able to compete on the highest level. Yeah, yeah, indeed, man. He would really make his name, Steve Mowry, with a win here from Moldowski. Probably get a, you know you can almost get a title shot off this. Basically, he's staying at that level on this fight. Something to, to watch out here for uh, former Bellator women's flyweight champion Alima Lay McFarland scheduled to take on Bruna Ellen. They're still going to fight, but McFarland missed weight and kind of missed it badly. So supposed to be a 125 pound bout. Obviously, you get the one pound forgiveness in a non-title situation, but she came in at 129 pounds. It'll go forward as a catchweight. Rashad, considering Alima Lay lost her title in a competitive fight to Velasquez, but then came back with that surprising loss to Justine Kish where it just didn't seem like she had a spark in her. How you know nervous are you for her to see her come in and miss weight like this? You know, I, I'm pretty nervous. You know, you never know what is truly going on when a fighter miss weight and they miss weight that bad. You know, uh, from a woman fighter, it's hard to say, you know, is it because she is, she's on her menses and it kind of adds more water and it makes it harder for her to cut weight? Who knows? Or is it just the fact that she's just not coming into this fight as focused and didn't have a good training camp where she put diet first and systematically got her weight down in an incremental way where she's able to be on weight. So there's a lot of things that could be you know, looked at in a situation, but it doesn't bode well for her being the fact that she's been struggling lately competing. Yeah, I, I agree. I'd like to see her bounce back here. Uh, it seems like there's a lot going against her at the moment. And it, you know, 
She was just right there, and now she's not. So things happen. Sometimes people go on cold streaks, but uh, I mean, I love Alima Lay's great. The energy, I love the crowds. I love when they go back to Hawaii and the crowds go sick for her. So you know, um, she still got it in her. Let's see if she can put things together despite that challenges. Uh, Austin Vanderford, Luke, uh, it's not Luke Rashad, excuse me. Coming back here against a well-mulleted Aaron Jeffrey, but this is the first time we're seeing Mr. Van Zant since, you know, I don't want to say disastrous, but, dude, he went in there for the title against Gegard Mousasi, and it seemed like it was over before it began, Rashad. Um, yeah, we can sit here all day and question whether the eyeball tattoo on his throat, you know, was a great idea in the long term when it's, you know, I mean, look, you know, who am I, right? You know what I mean? Uh, but how how much do you look at this as must win and must look great for him? Um, you know, I, I think I think he needs to win, but I don't think it's like a must, must win. You know, I feel like he, he needs to win. I feel like it's a very important fight and is really going to say the direction of where he goes after this. But I feel like, you know, he, he does have another one in there if he doesn't win this one. Um, you know, really, it's just getting a matter of just like, you know, what kind of fight he goes out there and has. Is, is it one where he's just out there looking as if like, all right, he put in the work or is the one where it looks like, man, what is this guy even doing in the cage? Yeah, indeed, indeed. I would say the undercard here, which is, uh, you can see it on YouTube, on the uh, Bellator MMA channel as well on Pluto TV this evening. Uh, Pat Downey going to make that debut, Rashad. A lot of people talking about this guy. Um, we don't know if he's going to be able to transition from the wrestling and, and be an instant stud for them, but he's going to make this debut against uh, Keys Nelson, and at the very least, Rashad, they got something going with, like, Danny Sabatello under the Bellator banner, who, you know, can fight, but boy, can he sell himself. Pat Downey seems like he wants to be WWE champion in the way he presents himself, Rashad. Um, this is, I think this is appointment viewing tonight. I got to find out what he's made of. What do you know about, the, about Pat Downey? You know, I don't know much about him, man, but it's going to be exciting to see what he can do, and especially if he understands the whole like game when it comes to marketing yourself. That, that that's that's everything these days. If you can really find a way to market yourself and really get to these kids and and and, and hype yourself up on that level, oh my gosh, start you know the the, the sky's the limit. But having that wrestling background too, as well, pff, I mean that that takes you so long, you know, so far as well because it, it makes up for a lot of other areas where you can, you know, take time to develop your skill set, like in your hands and other things like uh, jiu-jitsu and things like that. And, you know, Luke hates when we talk about pro wrestling and try to link any of it to MMA, but when you come in there with, the with like, the attitude, like, I'm going to be a pro wrestling villain, yeah. I'm, the, I'm the bad boy of college wrestling, and now I'm going to, you know, like... People are going to care. They will, okay? that People like bullshit, okay? I love a lot of bullshit. Put, spread it on my toast, Rashad, all right? Uh, it, help, it helps me get through the day. That's Bellator 284 this evening, main card, 9 p.m. Eastern, only on Showtime. Rashad, also Saturday, it may not be getting a ton of love, but here, topic three, the PFL playoffs will continue with PFL 8, Cardiff, Wales, Rashad. Now, you know from, from being a part of this show that I'm half... French-Canadian, half-Lithuanian, Rashad, okay? <laughs> but I've also been welcomed into the into the community with the Welshmen, okay? I'm Wales by, not by birthright, but by choice here. Uh, you know, that's my UK home when I make it one day. Uh, Cardiff, Wales, the home of what could be a pivotal bout here for Roy McDonald in the final four, the playoffs beginning at welterweight. Only this opponent change kind of changes the narrative in a lot of ways. So if you missed it for PFL 8 on Saturday, originally Roy McDonald in the main event against Magomed Umlatov, 
if I'm butchering that, I'm sorry. Umalatov. Luke says this guy was going to steamroll him, potentially. We're talking about Roy McDonald, what's left at 33, you know, all this stuff. Now, Rashad, visa issues for both Umalatov and also Mateusz Scheffel. They're both off the card. Delano Taylor going to step in the main event and take on Roy McDonald. He has a 9-2 record. He's coming off a loss to Magomed, Magomed Karimov. Rashad, I'm not expecting you and I to break down at, at length what Delano Taylor's name is going to mean to the X's and O's to this fight. But it feels like there's an opening here for Rory to... It's like he's at such a teeter-totter place coming off that loss where it didn't look great. If he goes out there and loses here and gets kicked out of the playoffs, we may be talking about should he walk away? Is he still the same guy? Yet he can really tell us to all shut the F up by making a run at this tournament and winning it. Now Umatalov is off. Like, Rory's got a shot here now. I mean, the stage is set for him to really go in there and uh, to walk away with a million million dollars, to be honest. I mean, it, he couldn't ask for a better, a better situation. I mean, listen, granted, he still has a tough fight ahead of him because anytime you're going against somebody short notice and they have a huge opportunity, you are their Super Bowl. You're, you're everything that they you know, ever dreamed of, of having a big opportunity moment. So you have to go in there and meet them at that level. But this is a huge layup. This is a huge, like, weight lift that have to be off the shoulders of Roy, Roy McDonald. And this should honestly inspire him. This should be like, kind of put some new air in those tires and be like, you yeah. know what? I need to sprint to this finish. Yeah, absolutely. This could completely change the game. We'll see. You can also get surprised by a new guy coming in. The other half of that bracket is the guy who just beat Roy McDonald. That's Sadabu Sai. He'll be taking on Carlos Leal in the other semifinal. Caesar Sportsbook has this basically minus 110 to both. So it's basically a pick em right now. Uh, if it ends up being Sai versus Roy McDonald in a rematch, well, there you go. There's your championship. We'll see who comes out of there. The heavyweight side, though, lost Mateus Scheffel. He had given Henan Ferreira his first loss and looked like he was coming on. They already lost Bruno Capeloza, who was injured. But Juan Adams, you may rem remember him from his time in yeah. the UFC. D didn't he fight um, Greg Hardy, right? Yep, yep, he did. Juan Adams is 5-1 and one since getting cut by the UFC in 2020. He's now taking on Denis Goitsev in one semifinal. Ante Delizia versus the aforementioned Henan Ferreira. Ferreira, Ferreira yeah, I'll, I'll stop. Uh, in the other <laughs> semifinal, he'll be... Hennon Ferreira's big. That is that, that big dude, man. He's coming off a loss, but Rashad, he's a minus 125 favorite. So, look, this heavyweight bracket's like... Not a lot of sex to it right now, but maybe Juan Adams can sex it up, sex it up a little, Rashad. You know what I mean? I don't know. Maybe he'll... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, mean, you know, that, I can that, see it that, in your that, face. Big, that, that big heavyweight, though, I mean, at 6'8", just seeing him throwing a kick is just like, oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. It's 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 a, the most amazing freakish thing you ever see. But I mean, he does it, flips he, too. He does like running. No back way, flips. he does like, backflips. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. oh my god, he's got to be like touching the ceiling when he does a flip, huh? Yeah, and you know he got out wrestled in that fight by Sheffield, and and I don't want to say he got exposed because we kind of, I we kind of knew like you know he wasn't a perfect fighter, but he can do those highlight reel crazy athletic. Knockout, like almost almost Johnny Walker, like not as theatrical, but for a heavyweight, yeah. you're just like, holy crap, you know? It's wild. Yeah, that's, so. that's a big body right there, too. Oh, my God. So that's Saturday night, PFL 8. Let's see what Rory's got re left for us, the Red King, if, he, if they still call him that. I don't know. Topic number four, just one boxing match to take note of this week, Rashad. Teofimo Lopez back. We talked at length on Wednesday's show about the storylines. We played a bunch of video from my interview with him on Morning Combat that you can check out right now on YouTube. 
Uh, he's a monster favorite. Caesars has him as minus 2,500. I've seen as high as minus 3,000. But there's a lot of interest, though, in what this is going to look like, what he's going to look like, really what he's going to sound like in the post-fight interview. He makes his junior welterweight debut here against Pedro Campa, who has one loss and one draw under his run. But the 30-year-old from Mexico has never fought outside of Mexico. He's a, he's a banger. He throws a lot of punches. He comes forward. He's tough. But he's looked at Rashad as sort of the sacrificial lamb here as long as Teofimo has fully recovered in every facet from the loss to George Cambosis nine months ago, from the, the, the scan, I don't want to call it a scandal, but the weird headlines that followed, you know, Teofimo crying, conspiracy, all that stuff. Drama follows this guy, Rashad. We know how great he is two years ago against Lomachenko showed us. What do you think about him now just putting lightweight behind, moving up in weight, and trying to, you know, get his good name back here nine months later? Well, I think he did the right thing starting off, you know, taking time away. I feel like taking the time away to, to just kind of rebuild himself is, is something that a lot of fighters don't do enough of sometimes when we have a situation where we feel like we're at a rock bottom. We feel we need to go back out and prove ourselves. But the fact that he's kind of taking the time to just lick his wounds a little bit and just kind of heal his body, but even go up and wait and challenge himself shows that he's kind of got his mindset and, and, and he's found a new horse to chase or, or just new mindset yeah. or a new why behind it. Because when you're the champion and you have that fall down, you have that, that, that disappointment, you, you got to find a new way to kind of, okay, now what am I chasing? Because you can't chase what you chased before because you've already achieved it. I mean, he whether you love him or hate him or hate his responses to some questions and categories, I still don't get with the whole conspiracy thing, but I respect him. Um, he's only 25, Rashad, and he's knows how to navigate drama in his life for better or for worse. I mean, you talked about him taking time off. Dude, he went through that, that loss to Gambosis. Now we find out he had the tear in his esophagus. He also was going through a divorce while his now ex-wife was pregnant with his first son who was born days before the fight. Meanwhile, he didn't have enough money left after this fight got postponed so many times to pay trainer Joey Gamash, and he was now ride or die with his dad. And then they went through the controversy of not only the loss, people saying, you know, there's too much shit in his life, they need, he needs to get his dad away from him. They're doubling down. They're ride or die. They're in this together now. He's not necessarily giving you the answers to your questions that make you say, guaranteed this kid's back. But whether that's for better or worse, Rashad, I do look at him as somebody who's Teofimo wiser than his age. Like he, this is the life he lives, you know, again, for better or worse. A lot of stress, a lot of stuff going on all the time. He can shut up a lot of it by going out and doing what you expect him to do be smarter this time, be a little bit more poised, but knock Pedro Campa out. I mean, winning does have a way of of kind of massaging and getting rid of all those whispers and the criticism. Yeah, it definitely does. I mean, you know, and with the win, it can definitely, you know, shut out his own doubt as well, too. I mean, because whenever yeah. that happens and you have, you know, everybody saying this about you and you're, fin you're defending yourself left and right, a little bit it, it does find home. But the fact that he's staying with, with his bases, staying with his dad and really, you know, making sure that he's pushing through whatever is being said about him and putting his life in order, you know, it's the hardest thing to be able to put your life in, in a way that 
it's not interfering with you bring to the ring. And, yeah. you know, the fact that he's able to still perform at a high level, even having all to put out all those fires outside of the ring it is huge. And it shows the fact that if he can just kind of organize it a little bit, he can perform that much better inside the ring if he gets his outside matters taken care of. And let's also not forget that before even fighting Cambosis, that fight changed networks. There was the purse bid. He was kind of blamed by his promoter for being greedy and going and make it happen. Like, there was a lot of shit going on. Yet there was also a lot of shit going on when his dad accosted uh, Lomachenko that time backstage and was like, my son's going to fight you and kick your ass. And then suddenly we're like, did his dad just talk him into a fight that he's not even ready for? And then he went out there and beat Lomachenko. So, like, I don't, I don't know as we stand right now. I don't know if Teofimo's going to ever put it back together and, and live up to his potential. But he's all in, is my point, on finding that out. No, no matter if he's going through you know, a period of bliss outside the ring or it's hell. I mean, looking back, if that whole injury thing was real, as they say it was in the doctor report, like he fought his balls off just to not get knocked out in that fight. Like He came back and made it a split decision. You know, like I, th I thought he lost straight up, but like he did. If 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 he starts winning from here on out, we'll look back on that performance and say he faced everything that he needed to to find out what he's really made of just by surviving that fight. No one wants to really give him that credit now because some of his other answers make him seem crazy, Rashad. That, that's real talk right there, right? Nobody <laughs> wants to give him that credit, but he bit down that night. You know what I mean? You find out what you're made of. It could break you or it could make you, you know? We'll see. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's what it's all about. Like, as a fighter, you seem to grow up overnight when you're in those situations, when you're just like, you know what? You have to pull on the other guy and see if the other guy comes out because it's very easy when you're getting smoked in there and you're getting hammered to be like, you know what? I'm going to fold it in for this night or I'm going to bite down and make this guy feel me. And it Absolutely. just starts at just finding those little victories along the way and then starting to build the momentum. But yeah, I, I totally agree. But there's another, fight on this, there's another fight on this card that I'm really interested oh, in. Oh, I was just going to say, a couple oh, of fighters worth watching is, okay. you know, Xander Zayas is... is a hot young prospect. He's coming on in the co-main event against Elias Espadas. But are you, were you going to bring up Duke Reagan? No, I was going to bring up Xander Zayas uh, out here in South Florida. I got a chance to watch this kid a couple of years ago when he was just, you know, a, a pup. And he was just like, you know, sparring like some some amazing, you know, amazing rounds with some high-level boxers. And I'm just like, who is this kid? And he's like, oh, Xander Zayas. And uh, he's just continued to kind of grow in the rankings. And, you know, now he's growing He's growing up, and he still hasn't even hit his man strength yet. So when he gets his man strength, oh, my gosh, this dude's going to be a huge yeah. problem. I'm finding more and more people in boxing that are in the know, but then the guys that behind them that are really in the know, you talk to them, and they bring up his name a lot. Only 19 years old, from San Juan, Puerto Rico. You know there's a gap in the moment in the boxing hierarchy of, like, that big Puerto Rican star. Like, you know, like the, the Trinidad, the Cotto, like – we thought that would be Felix Verdejo, and it wasn't. There's, there's an opening. A lot of people saying he could be the one. Um, he's got experience for that youth, man. 19. But we're going to find out. Also, I was going to mention Duke Reagan with that Olympic experience as well on that undercard. Uh, check it out. Topic five are quick hitters. Rashad, I'm going to freestyle here. My first quick hitter is there's been a trio of BC-approved all-female undercard fights in the future coming up that seem to be really awesome. Either like, you know... Sean Shelby and, and Mick Maynard are watching this show every week, and, they, and they're starting to let me brainwash the way they think. But they're booking <laughs> my style. So, Rashad, 
I'm going to read each of the three to you. You tell me, like, yay or nay. Like, you, you feeling what I'm feeling? You know what I'm saying? Right. Here we go. October 1st, this might be the BC Super Bowl, Cheyenne Vlismas versus Tabitha Ricci. Yeah. You're going to give me a yeah? You're, gonna, you're in? You're in on that? I'm, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. I'm okay, in on, okay, I'm in yep. on that. Uh, number two, Tracy Cortez versus Amanda Hebos, December 3rd. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Hebos is a beast. That's a big fight for Cortez. You know, yeah. that'd, that'd, be, yeah. that'd be the breakthrough win to really go beyond being Brian Ortega's girl. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a, that's a making moment there. And no, the third is. is November 12th at MSG. This is bound to get a lot of attention on it. Aaron Blanchfield versus Molly McCann. Rashad, that's great matchmaking. No, it is. It is. I, I think that one right there is going to be a huge one, a huge one uh, with Molly McCann. I love the way she fights, man. she got such a gritty style. She, she may have to fight off her back in this one, Rashad, so this will be interesting. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, Rashad, we'll keep with the quick hitters. We want to get your take. Bo Nickel, of course, who the Penn State All-American three-time national champion product who won his Dana White Contender Series bout last week but wasn't offered the full contract, will make another appearance. Uh, this is what he said at the post-fight presser. It's all good. I'm just excited. I'm always grateful for the opportunity to compete. So getting out there unscathed, another dub. I'll get to fight soon. All good. And I've said a few times already, but the goal is not to be a UFC fighter. I'm here to be a UFC champion and the number one pound for pound in the world. Uh, Rashad, I think he answered this and, you know, carried himself very well. Whether you believe that you should just give him the full contract now or whether we're doing reality TV here to get more viewers on the next episode. Either way, like, I'm getting that itch. Like, is this guy, like, is this Pico level super special stop everything? Like, he could be next? Is this that level? I know Pico didn't quite get there yet, but there's still time. Are you feeling what I'm feeling here? I'm definitely feeling it. You know, I love the way Bo Nickel, uh, the way he approaches the fight. I love what he does once he's in a cage. Because here's the thing about it. Once he gets a guy on the ground, he doesn't waste too much time withholding him down and just kind of just kind of suffocating him. He goes right into the position to start grinding and pounding right away. And that just shows the overall confidence that he has in his wrestling because when the guy starts coming up and they're not coming up in, in his control, he can still find control out of anywhere. So it just kind of shows his overall confidence. But I feel like, you know, I'm still waiting to see what he can do more with his hands. He seems very comfortable striking thus far, but it's at a certain level. What does he do at the next? Yeah, yeah indeed. I mean, so many questions still to answer. I mean, maybe this is probably the smartest way, marketing TV-wise. Maybe the UFC has uh, well, here, 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 BBC, here, here's what I don't get, though. Here's what I don't get. It's like, I mean, I, I, I love the approach. I love the approach and gave the, the fans a chance to get a taste of this Bo Nickel and, and just the prospect that he is. But it's like we knew what he was before we brought him on the show, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, exactly. So it's like, I mean, that, that's the reality TV part of it. Like, I, yeah. I don't think there's a question that him and his team had talked to UFC before that fight. They knew what was going on. I, they knew. Come on, they knew. Yeah, you know? they knew. Uh, Rashad, here's a uh, October 15th main event. I think this is set, not rumored. Middleweight UFC, Jared Cannonier versus Sean Strickland, both. <sighs> needing a comeback win to sort of re-enter this title picture. Damn, I love this fight. You? 
Oh my gosh, I love this fight because it, it, it's one that's going to bring out the best in Sean Strickland. And the best in Sean Strickland is that guy who's out there just rubbing people the wrong way. For some reason, when he starts rubbing people the wrong way, as ignorant as he sounds sometimes, <laughs> it's very interesting. It, it makes you want to fight him, you know? If you're on the other side of your Janet, Jared Conner, Janet Karanier, and you need that extra motivation just coming off a fight with Izzy, where you you left out of the cage feeling as if like you didn't fight, you know what I'm saying? I know he's going to go out there, and I know having somebody like Sean Strickland that's going to be able to bring out that extra shit talking. Oh my gosh, I think it's oh. going to be a good fight. I mean, if if you hate Sean Strickland because he's you know, polarizing purposely. You just saw him get knocked out by Padeda. You must look at this and go, oh, we'll get a chance to see him get knocked out again. But obviously the real breakdown is, you're right, this probably will bring out the best of him because he's going to have to, he's going to have to be everything he wasn't, you know, calculated yeah. and careful. And obviously I think he's got the game to do it. And, we'll, you know, we'll see uh, what that loss to Adesanya did for Cannoneer. You know, I did see that that UFC backstage video. You know, you, he looked devastated, meaning Jared Cannoneer, sitting down in the locker room on the stool, as you would expect, but sort of just thinking like, you know, I just had five rounds to go for broke and I couldn't quite find that opening. Is that going to spur him to, you know, another level and one more run? Or does that even subconsciously start to snuff out the fire? You don't know at this age. So it's, it's theater to watch out, Rashad. Everyone's different. Yeah, and, you know, there's nothing more frustrating if you're Janet, Jared Cannonier and you've had a fight where you've just pretty much watched your opponent just smooth, just you know, cruise to a victory and you and you were in the fight, but you just never actually fought. I've been there and it's the worst feeling. So the next fight you go in there, you go in there almost a little too aggressive to try to prove a point. So it's going to be interesting to see how does Jarrett manage out those feelings? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this next one's a report. I believe it was MMA Mania that threw it out there. We don't have any confirmations internally or everything. We're just looking at this matchup in the works under this report for Bellator for November is Patricky Pitbull defending the the featherweight title for Bellator MMA against? I'm sorry, that's the yeah, that's the featherweight against the rising Usman Nurmagomedov. Rashad, this is about as good as it gets. Uh, <laughs> sign me up right now, please. Oh yes. my gosh, yo, this this fight is is amazing. I mean, I I I, I absolutely love the way Usman fights. He is the like the most perfect fighter. He kind of reminds me of Zabit a bit back in the day. Yes. And, uh, he got that Zabit feel, but I mean, it, it's just the, the the smooth, just the the look on his face, just the, the, the just how smooth and just relaxed he is is just uh is a treat to treat to watch. Do you look back on Patri uh Patricio's wow, I'm just talking like a re like a reject out here, Rashad. <laughs> Patricio, his his win over AJ McKee in the rematch, which wasn't overly exciting. Do you look at that as like strategic, gutty, got it done, or do you look at it kind of disappointed that we didn't get the answers to that fight that we necessarily needed? No, I felt like um, you know he, he went in there and got it done. I mean, the hardest thing in the world to do is go in there and and face somebody who who embarrassed you the first time out, you know? So you're facing yourself on levels that you were not facing yourself the first time around. So the fact that he went in there and made you know and made his wrongs right, it shows that he has the ability to dissect himself and look at himself on an introspect level and grow from his losses. So it was, for me, 
Um, it showed more than I thought that he still had in the tank. No, no disrespect to him, but I still didn't. I didn't think that he had that love, love like I'm gonna show you left in his career. You know? Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I'm gonna be really honest. The only Bellator fight that would get me more excited than this is probably AJ McKee versus Usman Nurmagomedov for the title, which is very much down the road in play here. So, uh, you know, let's let's not take the belt off uh, Pat Patricio just yet. You know, let's see what's going to happen. This is going to be, uh, God, that's going to be a great fight. Can't wait. Also, we talked about it on Wednesday, the idea that Chris Cyborg was going to make this pro boxing debut. Now we have the info. It's September 25th, the main event of an FMS show, which stands for Fight Music Show. I believe this is in Brazil. The opponent is Simone Silva, who isn't going to, you know, blow you away here. But the whole idea of Cyborg, I guess, testing the boxing waters. I know she had said she wanted to box uh, Katie Taylor, the undisputed lightweight champion. You care at all, Rashad? Could, is, you know, is this just a go ahead, Cyborg, you're a legend, do what you want, or is there something here? Not there, there really is nothing there for me. I mean, no, no level of interest. I feel as if, like, um, you know, I, I I love Cyborg, but I mean the, the the her best days of being that imposing figure, the one who's just like gonna captivate you with just her physical dominance. I I feel it's over, you know. And I feel like she's still gonna be able to get some fans to you know care based on the nostalgia and just the fact that she's a legend in the sport. But as far as being a competitor, nah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm not, I can't get too excited. I mean, Kayla Harrison and is is uh, going crazy in response to this report, trying to get, trying to remind Cyborg that she's supposed to be fighting in a PFL pay-per-view about next year uh, against her. And, you know, off I saw tweets from the, the PFL brass. I, I don't know. I mean, you know, don't we have to get Scott Coker involved? Or is this under the assumption that Cyborg is going to be a free agent? I don't know. She said she would have Scott Coker uh, co-promote her boxing events moving forward. So probably not. There seems to be some red tape there. Rashad, do you have any confidence level that we get Cyborg versus Kayla next year uh, on a PFL pay-per-view? I mean, it's not sounding like it's it's going to happen. I mean, the fact that, you know, Cyborg is already trying to start to expand horizons and, and, and box and do other things to kind of take away from what she should be doing in MMA, I don't think it shows that, you know, she's going to fight, fight somebody like Kayla because it, it's a... It's a different animal, and and when you're cyborg, you know, despite the fact that you've been a monster your whole career, you you recognize that there were another another monster in the room, and uh, looking at Kayla Harrison the way that she's just man dismantling the competition, I wouldn't be excited to fight that if I was cyborg. So no. yeah, no. go 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 box, go box. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe she's uh, being really smart here, or maybe just maybe it's just about raising her dollar value. Maybe that's part of it too, which is uh, not a bad move. All right, Rashad, new segment alert. Here's how we're going to close today's show. It's very simple. The title of this new segment, we're debuting it right now, is Yes, No, or GTFO. <laughs> uh, there's three doors to pick from, Rashad. I have ten provocative statements I've prepared. You have not read these in advance. You will respond with either Yes, You Agree, No, You Disagree, or get the fuck out of here, BC. I'm not answering this for whatever reason. You know, it's ridiculous. It's whatever. Okay. You know, just get the fuck out of here uh, and explain your answer. Here we go, Rashad. Number one. Aljamain Sterling is the most underrated elite fighter in the UFC today. Yes. 
Why? Why is he the most underrated? Explain your answer. Well, I will say he's the most underrated because even despite despite the fact that he's champion, I feel as if like people still don't give him the love that he needs to have as being a champion. I mean, he did beat up Yon, but I feel as even if people are like, yeah, he's still not that guy. If he defends the title here, TJ Dillashaw cannot wait for this fight. Like, it would be an injustice to put him in what? The top five or six pound for pound, right? Absolutely. I mean, if he beats TJ Dillashaw, then he answers a lot of questions. He beat Peter Yawn and then TJ Dillashaw. So it's not no... Yeah, but I still feel like he's not getting the respect that you would think no. that he would get. I agree with you. And, and I think that, you know, you almost get more pound-for-pound pound points when you're getting wins like this, and let's see what he does against Dillashaw, against this level of competition. I mean, if you're at Bantamweight, the deepest division today, maybe, arguably, ever, considering it just passed out lightweight, which before that was on such a hot run, um, and you're going to have to fight. Ex-champions, guys who will be champion next every single time out. I mean, it's it's this division is great theater. So let's see if Aljo can keep climbing. Number two on Yes, No, or GTFO, Rashad. Look, it may not be a popular opinion, but future governor BJ Penn was actually right when he told GSP, only a bitch taps to strikes. <laughs> oh, my God. Um... That, get the fuck out of here, BC. I can't answer that because that. <laughs> hey, <go. coughs> to, I mean, look to be in a position to have the the tap is is a damn thing, and to make the decision that I'm gonna go out. Oh my gosh, it's it, it's tough, man. It's a tough. It's tough. Thing. It's tough. It's easy for us keyboard warriors to say these yeah. things. Rashad, yeah, I can't even get through like getting off the toilet sometimes without tweaking my back. You know, uh, it's great. All right, provocative statement number three. Here we go. Although he did not win, Gilbert Burns did at least expose Hamsat Jamayev as being both human and beatable for the right opponent. Yes, damn straight, yes. Speak it. What do you got? I mean, what you look, see? What, what I've seen is, is a fighter who is very tough, but he's one of those fighters who's like a bully. And when you fight a bully and you give him a little bit back and they start they start bleeding and they start having those little knocks and they start to, the fight not going the way that they think it's going to go, the posture changes up. And you've seen Shemaev posture change up. He kind of was from that bully, that main dog, I'm going to walk you down, walk through anything to all of a sudden like I'm not I'm, I'm, I'm proud of myself. Now that I'm able to take one of your shots, and that's a different that's a different animal than when he walked into the cage. So if if you stay strong in that initial onslaught and able to stay there and stay, you know, take a shot and still be there and land one on him, then yeah, you, you definitely can change his fight. That's why I'm not counting Nate Diaz yeah. out of this fight because Ooh. he's one of those guys. He's one of those dogs who can definitely take a licking, but if he catches you one time, he can take advantage. It's hard. It's like, do I believe in the spirit of what you just said? Yeah, I, I believe it more than I don't, but obviously there's there's gray areas. It's like you still have to be a sick bastard yourself to stand in there and do what Gilbert did. You know what I mean? Like right. you got to be yeah, yeah. elite of the elites, no question about it. This guy's Hamzat is coming on, and I don't know, did Hamzat look at that moment as – I can't fight for the title yet. I might as well just go out there and have fun and entertain. I don't know how much he, you know, threw himself into the battle just thinking, 
hey, maybe maybe people will love me for this, you know? But you know what, though? It, rather that's him trying to say I'm going to give the fans a great fight they want to see. But for me, I seen him being there to be hit with, yeah. with, with not too many complicated, you know, uh, shots that, that uh, Gibber was throwing. He was just throwing an overhand. You know, he wasn't putting any, you know, anything hidden behind it. It was just, you know, straight, oh, yeah, I'm going to throw this overhand. And he had a hammer, and that hammer was getting through. And and you've seen the the way that that hammer was affecting, you know, Shemaev. Like, it just kind of changed his posture a bit. Indeed, indeed. All right, provocative statement number four. Even though Dom Cruz did him dirty by going public, Keith Peterson actually does smell like cigarettes and divorced women. I'm sorry, it's the truth. <laughs> GTFO. I can't I can't I can't answer that question, man. I can't answer that question. <laughs> I'm sure one time you did he ever ref one of your fights, by the way, just for the record? No, he he never has. He never okay. has. Okay. Because you know, has. you could have been in a compromising spa with him over you. You may have had firsthand uh knowledge of this, but we'll GTFO <laughs> and move on. Here we go. Number five. When Dana White told GQ yesterday that Habib Nurmagomedov cannot be the GOAT because he, quote, retired too early, eh, he was kind of right. I'm going to say no. Uh, you know what? I don't know. <laughs> I, see, because here, here, here's, here's where I'm at. Here's where I'm at. I mean, if... When it comes, when it comes to being... The greatest fight ever. I, you know what? Because <laughs> it's it's kind of complicated. Because that's my boy. But I, I see where Dan White's coming from, and I say that because the even though he had some very tough guys that he fought. Well, I mean, shit. He fought the best of the best of his time. He fought Justin Gaethje. He fought Dustin. He fought Connor. Yeah. Con he, he fought, fought Connor. So I mean, Barboza. He fought. I mean, like Barboza, you know. I mean, he, he tried to fight Tony. Right? Like five times, right? I mean, he yeah. tried. It's, it's yeah. tough. It's, it's, I mean, it's, this it's, is also, by the way, Dana trying to continue to plant these seeds to like get him to fight GSP or something, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah, but but but, but I think that when, when it comes of him fighting the best in his time, he did that. And, and I think also what makes him the greatest is the fact that, you know, what made Muhammad Ali the greatest fighter of all time was the fact that he was the actual best boxer, but it was who he was as a person and, yeah. and the impact that he made as a person and how far the impact went. And now you look at Habib right now, you know, his impact of, of what he's doing right now for just, uh, oh, you yeah. know, his community and, and, you know, his fighters is just another impact and the way he lives his life too. So I think he might like, be the greatest. You have to add the respect at least Okay, we're not seeing yeah. the second half of his prime. We're not. We're missing out on certain fights, but like this is a promise to the legacy of his late father to essentially take over the family business and put you know the Nurmagomedovs as trainers and 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 brilliant thinkers. Like this is really what this is all about. And he's gone. He's he dropped. You know he he put a lot of money aside and is now like okay, I will coach all the guys that my dad you know spawned and. Damn, that, he's a good son right there. You know what I mean? Like, damn. Yeah, right. one hundred percent. And you know what? He he kept the sport truly about what it was about for him. He didn't allow yeah. the sport to materialize into something that was uncomfortable for himself. And and that was a true testament to the reason why 
he stopped fighting, you know, when his mom didn't want him to fight and after his father passed away, you know, because fighting for him at that point is totally different now. So the fact that he honored himself all the way through, it, it to me, it speaks volumes because I know as a fighter, how hard it is to compete against yourself in that aspect, to not go out there and have that other fight, to really not, to not give into the egoic part of being the fighter and being yeah. the man, you know what I'm saying? And he was one, you know, maybe one calf strike away from peril against Justin Gaethje, but his response was to finish the fight like that, Rashad. Like that, right? Yeah. I mean, just like, oh, wait, now is the time that I will finish you. Okay, it's done. You know, it's over. There you go. Uh, provocative statement number six. To be, to be truly honest, there actually is such a thing as groupies in the UFC. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there, there is. There is such thing as groupies. Oh, Wow. Okay. Oh, just, just, you know, very aggressive super fans that just love the sport that much. Yes. I okay. mean, listen, they, they, especially now, especially now, like, like back in my day, it was a totally different set kind of situation. You know what I'm saying? You have to find some, some ones that kind of, you know, <laughs> you know, loved it from watching, you know, watching it with their husband type thing. But now they just like, they're all, you know, yeah, they get right. it. Shout out to Luke Rockhold's DMs for sure. Uh, here we go. Number, I mean, we all we all can dream, right? Number seven, uh, the most impressive victory of John Jones's career was actually the Leota Machida fight. Um, yeah, I, I would say so. I mean, the way he left Machida was absolutely cold blooded. Just like the 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 fact that it almost looked like Machida had a chance. Like it looked like Machida faded him for a little bit, but then in the next round. The way he had Machida and just dropped him like a sack of potatoes, and the way he fell, it was cold blooded. Dude, like this is this will sound like either hyperbole or it'll sound like I'm soft or something. But that was one of those moments when when he when he dropped Machida and then the eyes like rolled back in his head after he fell and the camera zoomed in, where I was just like. Do I really want to be a part of this moving forward? Like, that was pretty net. Like, that was gnarly right there. That was like some, you know, action movie. Like, you know, somebody took a spike up the crotch. You know, it was like the ending of Mark for Death or something. But, um, damn, Rashad, that was badass. You, I mean, you just, know what? Though? I, I felt kind of bad because, like, I never want to see nobody get knocked out. But, I mean, I was kind of like... A little bit like yes, because of the way Machida left me messed up like that. Oh, oh he left me, yeah, yeah, so, okay. yeah so that's Machida, the real competitor, and that's yeah, Machida that just got came me. Out, so yeah. when John Jones got him like that, I was like, hey, it happens. Now we're at that at that point of that fight, Jones versus Machida. Were you and Jones still teammates and like brothers at that point? No, no, we we weren't. We weren't. Uh, we um, we weren't even. No, we weren't at no. that time. All right, all right. Nope. You guys are back though. All right, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're back. We're bros. <laughs> uh, here we go. Number eight. Uh, there's a number somewhere between five and six figures that actually could get Rashad Evans to agree to a BKFC match. Oh, how, how much? <laughs> you know what, though? <laughs> no, nah, you know what? Um, <laughs> You're like, wait, wait. How much exactly? I could, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's enough to make you think about it. But BC, look, man, I mean, I, I've been to a couple of those shows. And you know what? Oh, man, I just... I'm, I'm enjoying, yeah. I'm enjoying the way that I'm looking right now. I'm feeling good. I'm like, I, I think about that, and it's great to have pad the bank account with that. But then you look at how much you got to pay for taxes. You got to look how much you got to pay for your coaches, and then you just realize it's not really that much money. 
So there's probably a price for the million dollar man, but it's got to be really high. Okay. It's got to be really high. (laughs) All right. Number nine. Although his Wikipedia page has him listed as five five foot eight, Joe Rogan is probably closer to five foot three in person. (laughs) Oh, good fucking. Try to get that EFIS pitch. Just sneak one in for a strike, but Rashad hit that thing out of there. All right. And uh, number 10, Rashad, on yes, no, or GTFO. Be honest, part of you is wondering now that he doesn't have a job whether Habib has interest in signing Sam Alvey for a Rashad Evans rematch under the Eagle FC banner. <laughs> Run that back, Rashad. Yes. Hey, GTFO, man. Listen, yeah, listen. Let that fight happen, man. The reason why, you know what? They thought he was Canelo. That's why he wanted to fight against me. They thought he was Canelo, man. Yeah, oh I think my you're right. Gosh. I mean, that's what people forget. You got screwed on those cards. Oh yeah, my fine. gosh. Uh, you know what? <laughs> Man, Sam You're a good sport, Rashad. Thank you for playing our our new game. (laughs) I can't wait to use that on Luke. I can't wait. We'll see. All right, uh, Rashad, this will be a fun weekend of fights, as we mentioned. A reminder that Bellator is this evening, 9 p.m. Eastern on Showtime, and you can get Showtime for free right now. Neiman Gracie, Goichi Yamauchi in the main event by going to Showtime.com. 30 days free. Try it out. Got Championship Boxing BC back on Showbox September 9th. Don't miss it. Uh, 30 days free or your money back, okay? How much you pay was free. So why don't you try that shit right there. Uh, Rashad, what's next? You're going to be on the ESPN desk? I like the, the gray on gray suit you know, combo. It's working for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, what's next? I'm going to be out next week in Kamara Usman getting ready to fight yes. uh, Leon Edwards. So uh, big weekend for my brother. So I'm going to be there. I mean, it's already a big weekend for... Muhammad Usman, so now it's time oh, for Dude, Muhammad I was going to ask you, tell me about Muhammad Usman. Like, do you know him well? Like, he's a tank. Oh, I, I know him really well, you know. Uh, he's he's a, he's a beast, man. And, you know, the best thing I like about Muhammad is the fact that he's a great athlete and he chased a football dream for a while. And he started training alongside Kamaru, but then he branched off and started developing his own training regimen with his own people and kind of starting to do his own thing, which is good because he has... His work also with his brother. He still trains with Kamaru. Kamaru still showing the ropes, but he's developing himself outside of that Kamaru experience. So he's kind of growing in his own way. So he he he's got the mindset for it, and he's got the the training. So it's gonna see if does he, is everything else gonna keep lining up for him. Well, heavyweight is is the division that's least you know, leaning on wrestling skills, if you will, you know, you, you see a lot of hanging and banging. Does, you know, does he have the Usman family reputation as a wrestler? He does. Like his, his wrestling is what he, you know, was anchoring himself around when he first started getting into the sport. Like when I first said, Oh, you ever do any MMA before? He said, well, I used to wrestle and we were wrestling around and he knows what he's doing, but it's just a matter of getting him feeling comfortable enough to do it in a fight. And I feel like that's where that transition that he needs to, to go, he was over there working with you know Curtis Blades and those other good heavyweights over uh, at altitude. But sometimes going with a, in a room like that with guys at a, such a high level, it makes you kind of shell up in your style because you're not as good and you can't get them down. So it doesn't make you develop. So hopefully he can now start to develop it now that he's out of that camp doing his own thing. Yeah, the the brothers both winning uh, the Ultimate Fighter. But you know if we're talking about the 
best brother combinations in tough history. Uh, Rashad and Lance Evans is still for me, you know, <laughs> the, the best. Okay, the best. Around. Yo, right. speaking of Lance Evans, I got Lance Evans Jr. that I've been working on, and he's uh, Ooh, he, how he's old is an he? Animal. He's uh, 21 years old. Nice. And, uh, yeah, so he's gonna be making his um, MMA debut. Is is in your a month. Uh, is your brother nostalgic at all about about his MMA time? Nah, not not really. You know, he 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 never uh, he he just never can get himself in a condition that he wanted to be. So he's not really too proud of it. So yeah. But but his son, his son, his son is gonna be something to watch, man. He's a beast. Okay. Okay. All right. The Evans family reloading. Okay. Okay. Watch out. The Nurmagomedovs. The team Evans coming on there. We got that. Uh, Got that, you know, that Buffalo Niagara Falls area backbone. You know, it's it's, it's it, I've been to Ro you know Rochester. That's all factory town villages over there. Okay, Rashad, that's that's dirt you tough. Know. Those folks, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, you know what's up. You know what's up, BC. Yep, yep. <laughs> like at the end of the day, you and John Jones aren't from that far apart, right? In terms no, of your, where you were born. We're yeah, yeah. He's in, I'm in section six, and he's in section five. So there you yeah. go. There it is right there, Rashad. Great chatting with you. Can we throw up the socials here where people can follow your work? Catch you on ESPN there in the studio at Sugar Rashad Evans on both. Uh, Luke's going to be off next week. We'll have a cavalcade of fantastic guests for you to check out as well. Um, thank you, folks, for tuning in to Morning Combat this week. Rashad, anything else, any message to leave with the people here? Uh, you know what, BC? Uh, no, I want to thank you and thank Morning Combat, but I only got one more thing to say, and uh, that is we out.